We didn't able to get all of us. You know, I'm like, uh, I'm like Midwest Northwest. Those of you who ever watched the, the show on there, or I don't know, how many of you guys have even ever listened to our podcast before? Even know what, what we're about. So it seems like about half the room. Uh, so, so I guess we should probably, fit, you know, explain what's going on here. Uh, uh, we do a podcast. We've done one pretty much every week, except for two weeks, since uh, July of last year. That is themed on macro micro content, uh, as well as things related to that. Uh, so it's something that you can find on iTunes or on our website, sizematterspodcast.com. Uh, and I think we post those. We post links to it on that thing. It's everywhere. Uh, but yeah, the the whole uh, reason that our podcast exists is to discuss macro macro content as it applies to lots of different things. So here at Texas Story Fiesta, uh, not you know since I live in Dallas and you know, visit me, we just, you know we were uh, wanted to go with the doing the podcast here like we did back in Chicago for Midwest Fur Fest. And since the theme of the con is uh, heroes and villains. It's, there's a lot of things that macro characters or micro characters uh, could go in or could play in heroes and villains. Um, would, you, would you say something? Oh, yes. Um, before we actually started the actual uh, podcast, we were discussing it, and there was a whole bunch of ideas that came up just randomly. Because what we typically do is we, we like to plan, but sometimes sometimes that planning doesn't really happen right away. Um, I just realized something. We, we did the two of us. We did Drago again. We we forgot to introduce my cast. <laughs> so 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 yeah. I'm over hot. You guys might be giant, but don't forget the little people. <laughs> no. Uh, so uh, in our podcast, we do have typically have guests, uh, and they have range from people that are you know macro characters of Benny Tiger uh, up to micro characters like. Uh, Bombo or Trader, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and we try to have the characters theme to uh, 
or, or the guests based on whatever the theme is going to be. Today, joining us uh, to our right is Kitsune Kit. Hey, yep, Kitsune Kit here. I'm not macro or micro. I just happened to find myself in the wrong Wait. end of a shrink ray or a. Okay. I am in <laughs> So, by proximity, yes. No. It's, it's not my fault. Yes. Yeah. That's um, what I'm saying. But you were actually at the first five. Yes. Uh, I was there at uh, uh, MFF, yeah. I remember you asked a question that I particularly uh, got into, and that was about growing out of the, out of the universe. universe. Yeah. And then I commissioned you for a piece of art oh. about that later. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know if I'm going yeah, uh, what would Dragonian say about the talking about going outside of the universe? Um, Omer. That was there we go. There he is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the last uh, live recording we did was definitely awesome, so we wanted to get together as soon as we could and do another one. Uh, this theme being about macro-micro uh, superheroes and supervillains and all of the content that would happen with it. So when we were discussing what would happen with this episode, Instantly, we came up with a whole bunch of subtopics that we thought were interesting. So, we can just jump right into that whenever that comes up. Great, and not only is it great to do that uh, for the theme here, not that everything's bigger in Texas. There you go. I keep on to, well, you're from Texas too, you're from San Antonio. San Antonio. And so is our, uh, our fill in for Dragonian, uh, which I guess we should give him credit to. Sheboygan. You know, he was our, our guest on our last actual full episode, uh, so we're just giving him a role now where he doesn't actually speak. Um, I like it how I just, I, I applauded, and I was so enthusiastic for Sheboygan, but just no one else, no one votes him. You see, it's, the thing is, unlike an MFF, we are too early for people that have already been drinking, and too late for them to, they're already kind of exhausted from the car. Don't make me get out there and tenderize you guys. Loosen you up. Alright, um, but as far as... Yes, yes, here we go! 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 Here uh, but let's go ahead and sort of try to talk about things that will play into the podcast, and that's going to be uh, the map of microvillains, heroes, and villains. We want to start by trying to talk about our favorite or, or any kind of already existing macro, micro, superhero, villain, or villains, whether it's in the fandom or in media like comic books or things like that. Uh, and I know you had told me of some ideas that you had when we talked about having on the show. Yeah, there, there's uh, several amongst like whether Marvel or DC or independent or anything like that. I mean, because you got, like, uh, Ant-Man with Marvel. you got Adam. Uh, you also do have, uh, like, Apache Chief from way back in the days. friends. Now, is Apache Chief... I've always gotten the impression, I'm not a big, a big fan of the Super Friends, but he seems like kind of a lame superhero, other than he can grow, uh, which is awesome. Which is awesome, yeah. But he was always kind of treated as yeah, you mistreated. Is that... Well, you can, you, can, you can grow giant, but it's how you apply it. I mean, because there's only so much for people prefer it when it's a small packaged package of uh, like. Because Apache Chief can lift a building, or Superman can lift a building. That's true. Apache Chief can fit here. He can 
so, so okay, so I guess the level of, and this one probably sounds terrible, but the level of lameness that comes out of it uh, is the fact that Superhero had pretty much the same strength, but in the smaller size, so he could do more versatile things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could, he could, he could, he but what are they as cool? Because Apache Chief could just destroy everything, like just fire our stuff. Stop. Superman would actually have to like come straight. Apache Chief could get. I mean, I don't know if he would. I thought it was like fifty feet, but I have no, I have no idea. I, uh, I don't think they even measured him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, sorry. I just before uh, like when I first started um, being all macro and rari and stompy, like I was always compared with like Apache Chief. So for some reason, I don't even know why. It was just like the gentle giant or something, but uses his powers for good. So, and the fact that you just called Patrick Chief kind of lame makes me. Okay. Well, uh, the truth has to be told at some point, because I, I don't know why people prefer to give it a Patrick Chief. I don't know either. Yeah. But, you know, obviously within a furcon, we should probably also try to pinpoint. Uh, any kind of furry, macro, micro uh, characters as well. We all know who the hero is. Yeah, if you if you do follow the macro, macro community at all on FA, you probably have seen King Dead. Yeah, King Dead. He's at the con book, or the calendar that came with the con. But he's not here. A huge shout out to the con. He listens to the podcast, so they'll hear us talk about it. We're going to butter you up because you're not here, but then we're also going to guilt trip you because you're not here. And then he has his sidekick, Star Rue, which I I'm not that familiar with that. I thought Star Wars. Yeah, I know Star Wars. He's a cool guy. Really into Nintendo stuff, video games. So that probably is a connection you have. You couldn't tell from this part. I feel so terrible because. I didn't know who Staru was until we were discussing all of this. I'm so sorry. I want to meet you, Staru. I, I want to fight on your side for justice. Please don't, please don't think of me as an enemy. Love you. And somehow Uncle Kage got added to this case. Yes, he is. Why was that? He's, um, okay. So you know how Lex Luthor in the DC Universe is a bad guy, but he can play on the good guy's side when it needs to be necessary? That's kind of how Kage is. He's He's a cockroach, little micro guy, right? But he's normally devious as all heck. But he runs a con. So he's a good guy. But he's also a bad guy because he's devious. So he's he's patrolling sense of the purposes. Lex Luthor will occasionally donate money to the homeless. I mean, <laughs> what do you think Kage loves to Yeah, we forget when we try to take over the world, which I'm sure is Uncle Kage's goal. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And why else would you start a fur con, right? <laughs> that, well, that's a little too um, accurate. But and that's, and that's kind of, you know, since we talked about Kage, we kind of have talked so much about big characters, right. but size matters. It's not just the big characters that we're talking about, it's the, the, the small ones too. The, the micros and the Kage, you know, because his uh, character is a cockroach. Yes. That's it's adorable. by definition a micro. Um, uh, sorry, there's actually, for uh, anyone who has watched or heard of the show Secret Squirrel uh, Cartoon Cartoon, Back in, um, in the nineties, there was a little character, and I emphasis on little because he only showed up one episode. But he's also the size of an owl. His name is Cork. He was the size of a bar. Yes, he's the yes. size. Of I need the one who ran the bar on you place nine. Yes, not the same character. No, okay. Uh, unless he got a huge growth spurt. But Cork uh, was his. Well, the are kind of small, anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, still a growth spurt in all uh, proportions. Massive, but his, his main power was to he, he would remove the bottom atom or electron from any monument, 
and that would send it toppling off balance and fall over. And his main goal was to basically destroy um, North America and then eventually the world because he was so against it. No, 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 no. His main goal was actually to destroy uh, America, yeah. destroy uh, the United States as a parking lot for uh, Canada, which is going to be his comedy club. <laughs> he was going to open the world a lot more than I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. So, so. That's right, he was a jokester. That's right. Yeah, because, yeah. He, okay, because he was wanting to make the biggest and, stage since he was just, oh, gosh. And they defeated him by saying that he's only theoretical. And yeah, yeah. That's how they did just, like, poof away yes, and yeah. do uh-huh. it. Um, there was also uh, brought up uh, the Wasp and Ant Man and uh, Queen Bee. Queen Bee, yeah. Queen Bee, uh, on Teen Titans, Queen Bee, uh, she had the ability to shrink, and I think when she shrunk, she became stronger. Is that right? Um, her molecules were compacted, and it's not that she shrunk and could be small. Well, in Teen Titans, she could do that, right? But in the original comics, actually, uh, she was shrunk and smaller, and she was not able to grow back. That was just her size oh. from then on. Ah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Ooh. Okay. Um, so, yeah. anyway, <laughs> I like Teen Titans version better. Because well, either one. I-, I think she was stronger when she got denser, I guess, yeah. more compact. And, like, she shot lasers out of um, these gun looking things. So, they felt like, you know, worse than these things, I guess. Mm-hmm. They were fatal. Well, so now that we've kind of thrown out some ideas of macro micro characters that are already existing, whether it's in the community or. Uh, media book. Oh, no, 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 I was going to say, um, actually, um, Quinn, uh, Micro Quinn, uh, from, there is the uh, comic that he's doing, The Fuzz, The Fuzz Left Tonic on FA, um, which does have uh, both a macro character and uh, a micro character in himself. There is one character who can change his size, Quinn, who was shrunk and basically, right now he's sort of the, he can shrink others. But he hasn't really much used that power yet. He can shrink others to be tiny. Is his power, and everyone likes that power. So <laughs> is that kind of uh, did he get that from playing Saints Row Four and uh, getting the the, thing, the shrink stomp? <laughs> yeah, I um, I had a lot of fun with that game. It was definitely if you guys haven't played Saints Row Four, just as a random shameless plug. I don't, I don't think that really counts as a superhero. That's almost it, a super villain at that point because of how. That's it, really outside scope of this. Uh, well, if you it. think about it, it does have to do with the good and evil. But, yeah. It's a microphone. It's a very small part of the game. This is heroes and villains. Right? I mean, yeah. a lot of the villains are big, giant, stumpy monsters. Ooh, Paul! Ha! So, <laughs> let's go ahead and, and, and try to move. Do you have any other characters now? Saints. Okay. Let's, let's try to then move on to a little more theoretical stuff of uh, how would a character be macro, micro, affect. The kind of cliche powers that you generally associate with superheroes and villains. Okay. Now, the first one off the top of my head: How would a macro who can fly behave, uh, or how would that make a difference in that? Well, they wouldn't need to. They could just walk from civil. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's like the that's you know. But flying is yeah. so yeah. Cool. I mean, it would. Um, I would just. Well, I would not want to be around when they land. Um, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Seeing, Double pulse. seeing them suddenly like swap a, a, a yes. swap plane out of the sky. Um, you know, swap. you know, actually, Tiern uh, has drawn. I believe it's um Hellbender. Hellbender, no, no, it's not Hellbender. I think has a character. It might have Arthrax actually. He's just drawn a flying 
that, I believe it was actually, uh, flying through the sky, and his maw is open completely wide, and there's a 747 trying to escape. But, of course, the bat character's quick quicker, so he's basically about to swallow the plane whole while in flight. And it was a really, really interesting idea. <laughs> So, uh, but also, you know, obviously flying don't necessarily have to, especially in the Ferrari you don't necessarily have to be a superhero to do that because it's going to be winged characters and stuff. But things like invisibility. Yes. Oh my gosh. The first thing I thought of uh, was invisibility when we were talking about this because for all of you who have seen Invaders M, which is probably, you know, a lot of people, uh, there's an episode where there's the Hunter Destroyer Machine. And it's basically got this stealth cloak device. Uh, it has to stay plugged in, you can still see the cord, so it's really cheesy. But when it's invisible, all you see and all you hear are the stomps. Like, you hear and feel the stomps, but all you see are the offense that come from the machine, because it's invisible. And I thought that was so cool, because imagine a macro of having that ability completely invisible. No one knows he's there until he starts walking. He or she starts walking. And complete hilarity ensues because you have no idea where the snacker is besides where the ball are going. But it can completely change direction. I think that still gives you a pretty good idea, though. But, but especially no. if you can feel the the yeah, snacker yeah. jobs. So. Uh, there's another actually uh, invisible giant I know of uh, in the video game released uh, recently. Uh, Brothers: uh, A Tale of Two Sons. Uh, there's one part of the game where you're going to a ice village that's being attacked by a giant, an invisible giant. And all you can see are the footprints. That's awesome. Um, Sheesh. But it's it's a, it's a very somber, very sad game. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it's not exactly what you would throw over. <laughs> yeah. Well, still, I mean, think that it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're going back. Just, just leave me alone. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> join the village. Just. Um, but like the whole thing behind that is, if you were to defeat an enemy like that, let's say it was a villain and a hero is trying to defeat it. Uh, you have to use a lot of strategy because if you don't know exactly where it is, you have to kind of like, you know, using the proximity of the conference and where the booms are coming from, you can fight. But, you know. If you just shoot in that general direction, you're probably going to hit. But, but what about. No. <laughs> well, what about. Sorry. Well, you sound like you had an idea. Well, what about you, Kit? Did you have any cliche powers that you thought of right off the bat? Um. About, like, some of the other cliche powers that, like, Superman had, like, uh, some of the weirder powers, such as Super Breath. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> imagine a macro having that. Oh, Knock God. down entire cities with I'm a single so breath, Especially after eating a free bird. <laughs> God. Hey, I like a Super Monster. Speaking of which, I, I, did you ever finish that Super Monster Burrito that you got last night? Or, that was close. Um, another power would be uh, Super Speed, such as the Flash. Ha! Imagine a super fast macro because even at a slow speed, you know, macro characters are still going to move. Right. They're still going to catch up with whatever. And that is one of my favorite things to think of. On but if someone like they can move as fast as Flash, yeah, uh, you're looking yeah. at one cheetah, macro cheetah. I zip around places really quick. Oh really? Yes. Move it right now. Yes. Do I have to? You want to see me? Yeah. You want to see me run in Canada and back? Canada? Why would we think it's so small? Do you want to see me do it again? Thank you, Dragonian. Thank you, Ghost of Dragonian. So, we were talking about invisibility, we talked about super speed. Trying to think like transformation with Beast Boy and other characters. So, instead of just a a macro whatever character, you have a macro whatever character. 
Come back or whatever. So, 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 any different, like, cat has full control, or is that kind of what you're saying? Though? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, because even trying to, like, a squirrel. I almost think they'd be more useful for a micro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because, well, like, Beast Boy was able to transform into anything uh, that was, you know, either living or once extinct, so he could transform into a T Rex. Because he was normally small and normal size, but then when he was a T Rex, hey, he's, he's gigantic. So, so would, would he be turning into a T Rex? Would that make him small again? Or <laughs> that'd be, that'd be a T Rex? I, I think having his macro size being his biggest size would be interesting because anything he transforms into would make him talk. That'd be interesting. So that's so that would mean that if you're at a T Rex and you're only four inches tall, <laughs> but then when you transform it, transform into a squirrel, since you brought that up, yeah. then like, like was the he now like a, a picometer tall or something like that? No, no, no. Like like if you if you were to take like flip all the size perspectives we know about creatures that have, that do exist and have once existed on their heads, like say a T Rex is normally one of the biggest creatures. When you're T Rex, you're tiny for some whatever reason. Or if you're a squirrel, you'd be bigger. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I've, That'd be interesting. I, I'm all for that. Yeah. Because <laughs> of certain well. Yes. Um, but I also think it's interesting if you were able to take the transformation ability to another level and just, you know, make it completely OP and have the size shifting character actually be able to transform into anything. So you could have things that are normally small, like a mouse, be gigantic, and you could be anything. So it's completely OP and awesome. That itself. They, they normally have to limit that, or there has to be some reason why they can't use that. It, it's Animorphs meets Macro Micro. Why not? Uh, there was an Animorphs that they did get chunk. Really? Uh, and then, yeah, there was one that got attacked by tiny aliens that shrunk them. How come it's always shrinking and not uh, the other way around? Mars attacks! <laughs> it would have revealed the masquerade of you're not supposed to be people. Public isn't supposed to know they're fighting aliens. Leave it to Japan, actually, because Japan has um, more growing. Well, then, that's when you incorporate the metal black thing. The thing is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, when they were shrunk, um, and they tried transforming into their animal forms, their animal forms, like they tried transforming, they were shrunk to the size of an ant, they tried transforming into a fly. The thing is, they were shrunk even farther. Oh, gosh. But then they were fly size to their original size. That's actually really interesting. So, so you're saying that they were fly size to a fly? They were oh, all size to a fly. So they were really tiny. But uh, the way they got around it all was they absorbed the DNA of an anteater, okay. of a full size anteater when they were tiny, and then transformed to that anteater, which was full size. So I guess that means when this all wear it off, they could transform into a gigantic anteater. Yeah! yeah. Uh, Why didn't they go grab a tiger or something? Dang it. Because what better to fight ant sized aliens than an anteater? Tiger paws. I, I think Tiger Paws would be more effective, yeah. No matter, even if it wasn't, he doesn't have to eat them, just has to kill them, right? <laughs> Although, if you're looking to get, you know, sustenance out of it, I guess that would kill two birds with one stone, or two hands. That, that would be, like, the ultimate of, like, giant monster, just, like, a giant ant eater. You know, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but just real fast, I- I've never seen uh, a ant eater persona, first off, an ant eater character, let alone a macro one. I, someone was telling me about one. It's all not a macro. I don't know a macro one. We need to make him or her a macro, because that needs well, to exist. It would think Panther. Yeah, um, anyway, uh, so then, kind of going off of that whole subtopic, then we can go ahead and start talking about what are some superpowers that you wouldn't typically expect on a macro or micro because, uh, on, because of their size, you know, that could be interesting or, or kind of a, a reversal of what you would expect. Well, I had one that came to mind when we were discussing it. Uh, teleportation. 
if anyone has seen the movie Jumper or heard about it, it's a movie where basically these these you know group of people have a special power to teleport, and as long as they can think of where they're wanting to go, they can go there. Like like uh, like Nightwing or not Nightwing? Uh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Oh okay. yeah. Uh, something like that. Yeah. He, um, well, basically, it, I think it would be downright terrifying if the villain had it, <laughs> because, think about it, uh, it's a nice, quiet day, the city of Townsville, or something, nice, quiet day, and all of a sudden, poof, out of nowhere, 10,000 feet in the air, a mega macro just spawns, and then double paw stomps into the middle of the city, and then disappears again, and then goes into Los Angeles and does it, and then goes into New York City and does it, and everywhere, and like, you said superhero or supervillain? Super supervillain. That, okay, I was going to say that's like, that would be terrifying if you ever saw the supervillain because you could be anywhere and do all kinds of destruction. So, I think Jack Rooney is. I mean, he's too late. Not what I was thinking. I think that's just someone who should be on The But another thing, you think about characters that are really, really tiny, really small, you don't really think about. Super strength of being really strong. What about Mighty Mouse? Yes. Or Adam Ant. Oh, and well, Adam Ant can lift like what hundred times. Okay, and, and I'm totally pulling the number out of my ass, but hundred times is a thousand times sideways. So it would make some sense that in that regard, that a ant superhero is. You know, really strong, and so that I think that thing that Adam Ant. Yeah, and you know, forgive me if I'm completely butchering this, but I believe the actual idea for Adam Ant spawns. That just made me think. Um, there, there's a the movie. Uh, I know they've referenced it in Fallout Three. Uh, I think it's they or them, where they're they. No, it is them. I don't know because one of them is the name of the mission in Fallout Three with the fire ants, and the other one's the actual movie. But. Uh, so those ants are like, you know, the size of yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were giants. So yeah, they, they could almost be like Atlas, where they would be they able to carry the earth and lift the, you know, yeah. if they could get the leverage. Can you just imagine for a second? That would be terrifying, like having ants that size. Oh my god. Oh, A Dragonia, though. My gosh, you surprised me. I didn't know you were that way. That, that's a secret fetish. It's a terrible dragon sound by the found. <laughs> um, uh, so, with with that regard, is there anything that you might think of as a then a weakness for a macro superhero character? Uh, and I'm going off this. This is probably going to get long here, so I'm kind of just thinking this. Like a weakness, like you're not supposed to reveal the secrets of our notes, right? I mean, Superman is kryptonite. Uh, Batman has in the story of his parents, I guess. Well, that's kind of his strength and his weakness. <laughs> that was terrible. It's his weakness in the fact that it's, it's the it's most a, annoying part of him. Yeah. Well, uh, well, when it comes to weaknesses for macros, uh, we talked about on the psychological podcast. Like, I guess having you know dead parents would be a weakness because the whole psychological thing behind the macro is becoming uh, you know. Oh, I have one. Uh, how about there's a macro hero? Like, let's go ahead and you know use. Uh, random macro hero X, and he's wanting to spot. He's wanting to fight for friends. example, we will call him what? Dinkhead. Uh, Dinkhead. <laughs> okay, Dinkhead. Totally not referencing anybody. Um, but that I, I know what you're saying there, but that almost sounds like you're just trying to insult him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him DK. 
Okay. So DK is but DK is wanting to fight crime. He's wanting to use his size for good. What happens if society doesn't like that? I truthfully think that, uh, truthfully, for a hero, a weakness would be uh, the ones they're trying to protect, not either appreciating it or wanting the help. That would probably be some form of weakness. Not a physical weakness, but an emotional traumatizing weakness. Well, that's because it's, it's a little hard for the public to say, like, oh, there's our hero who is towering over all of us. Right. And destroying a lot of the land. He'll protect us. Um, you would almost need a James Bond-style license to stomp, because you defending Earth would probably destroy a lot of it. So, so these would almost be like superheroes, like the superheroes in the Incredibles, where they are almost renegade superheroes. Yes, yes. Except um, they would be pretty obviously different kind. Can I just say, yeah, can I just say I actually really like the, that whole idea behind the movie in general? Well, and it's not exclusive to the Incredibles. There are that kind of, you know, even, even Batman is sometimes seen as a renegade and, and you know there's a reason he had this, well this is another good point that we could maybe go through some topic mm-hmm. alter egos oh um, gosh and, and there's a reason that, you know, that superheroes have alter egos that yes. villains villains tend not to have I guess much but something mild mannered uh, they're just kind of sitting mild right mannered giant superhero is actually uh, but well, runs, into, runs into, the, into the telephone booth. Suddenly, you see the telephone booth bulging and oh, glittering as it goes out. No, 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 no. That would actually, you know, for an alter ego, not just the inside, like the no, internal. The other way, he's giant in his alter ego too. Oh, God, he's just like a giant guy working in an office. <laughs> and then when he turns into a superhero, he's, he's like, like that reminds me of a picture of King Dead. It's him. And you see the picture of King Dead where he's like sitting at a. a What? I haven't seen this picture. I need to. I'm just saying he's giant, either thing, but no one can make the connection. Kind of like how no one can tell. No one can tell Hong Kong Fui is this janitor who is the only. Okay. Okay. So, so I have to say real fast, uh, since it's being recorded right now, and I have the glasses to do it. uh, Clark Kent, as a kid, was one of the things that I just never understood because Clark Kent, Superman. This is literally how easy it is. Super, uh, Clark Kent, have you seen Superman? Where is he? Superman! Clark Kent was just here! Where did he go? Like, what? Clark! Superman was just here! Where did he go? <laughs> like, a whole size tower and then would just be... That would just be... It's the same kind of, I mean, it's the same kind of a suspension of disbelief that you would need to believe that there is a detective barrier around once positive for people from being squashed. Point taken. <laughs> also, you have to figure there was no reason for anyone to believe that Clark Kent was Superman. There's Can I explain no... a little bit, please? Okay, um... The random guy you see on the street, you're not going to think, huh, he looks like a superhero. <laughs> he looks like a superhero. <laughs> uh, you're, you're not going to... You're not going to see it as him, so you're not going to. I guess you're not going to say. I wonder if he's. This, I wonder if he's Superman. And Superman are so different people. Clark Kent is weak and cowardly, but he's still also like six four with a big barrel chest. That's what I was just about to say. The physical, the physical attribute. At the same time, Superman was pretty. Uh, the look of Superman was pretty fucking generic. You know, it was like you know he was he's a the white guy. Man. Yeah, exactly. What? Okay. He's the, the plain, smiley, like, Anyway, um, but, uh, the alter ego thing being, um, like, not just the whole mental, uh, aspect of having an alter ego, but, like, when we're talking about the size thing, like, 
like you said, normal sized person uh, jumps into a telephone booth and then explodes out of it, and that's a superhero. Or you can even take a superhero and have him try to fit inside the but if, and if it is size changing and we're going from like a regular size alter ego, it would almost be easier for them to be a micro superhero or vice versa, uh, you know, micro regular ego. Yeah, because after after you save the city, how do you disappear inside? Yeah. Yeah. Just pick up your angel doll. Yeah, or you can't. People are going to see it. You're towering over the building. How are you going to? I just I feel so sympathetic. I mean, that it's not like you can sneak away to a giant phone booth and come out tiny. Well, you know, King Dead is always a hero. So, like, when he just saves the day, I can only imagine the propaganda that's like popping into his paws and stuff. Like, sir, Mr. King Dead, where did I the scoop? And then he just like tries to get away. And then if he tries, he stomps people. And you say propaganda when you have a paparazzi. Did I say pop? Okay. That's yes. <laughs> I okay. Okay. For those who have listened to the show long enough, you have to know. Have, yes. Have to know. I do not understand the English language. Because I almost I taught it to you a, a week or a day before we started the podcast back in July. Yeah. Um, T to E's is my uh, primary language. Uh, I am uh, so e- English second language. Sorry about that. So then, I guess that can kind of since we're talking about alter egos, another big aspect. Um, ha, I see what you did there. Another. You said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I that a lot. Everyone always points it out. Uh, so I can't think of any other way to do it, though. Another aspect, though, of superhero life uh, and superhero characters are their origin stories. And villains, for that matter. Yes. Everyone, everyone needs an origin story. We can talk a lot about this, and I want to, so let's do it. So, what kind of origin stories, then, do you think, if you want to talk a lot about this, uh, origin stories do you think a superhero or a villain that is macro would yeah. have? Well, you there's like to me there's a breakdown. There's a couple different ways you could get the power. We could talk about that origin. Well, that would be important. Uh, basically, you could have the cliche: Oh, I got bit by something, or Oh, I got exposed to something, or Oh, I was born this way, or something. Whatever it was. Uh, no reference to Lady Gaga, by the way. Um, whatever it was that got that person their power. Um, the origin story would develop from that, uh, depending on if it was a, uh, a, a catastrophic thing that happened in their life that turned out to be a power, or if it was something they were just, you know, in school, going around with this hidden power, kind of like a, a Dash on the Incredibles, Dash and Violet, that they had to hide the powers. But yeah, they didn't hide very well. Yeah, Dash now. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's not forget about the one origin for uh, someone to become a macro. Love. Love me, Clifford Yes. I actually approve of this statement 110%. So that kind of gets back to what we were talking about in the last little episode of the and with, uh, with, 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 uh, the, being so, you know, having that attraction or having that feeling of, uh, of infatuation and then suddenly, you know, causing that to grow. Yeah. A dragon? No, but <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. You know, and, and one of the things I think that helps a lot of superheroes is the whole, and I think even back from micro fiction, uh, the whole idea of a radioactive spider fighter, whatever. Yeah, by some ray or potion. Yeah, rarely. Rays seem to be temporary though, and concussions too. Uh, it depends. Um. But, Let's try and think of one that like no um, one has. So if like we the Flash got exposed to chemicals, which made his molecules accelerate. Um, you know that made him whatever the way he is. Um, but you don't really see like in terms of macro, micro superheroes, whatnot, the ones that we mentioned. 
None of them have magic in Origin, I've noticed. Are you sure? Um, because I know Bumblebee was... Are you just talking specifically Micro-Micro, right, for magic? Well, I'm talking about specifically Micro-Micro for magic for, like, in terms of superheroes. Okay. It's wait a minute, wait a minute. It's always um, some science. Apache Chief. Apache Chief. I don't know Apache Chief's wasn't it? Wasn't it, not, not Voodoo, but wasn't it some type of... Um, oh, no. Yeah, what? That was the spell. That was yeah, the spell. Yeah, that was 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 the spell. Science. It's never really that like, much. Of so what I'm looking at now is Ultraman, which I don't know if we even mentioned in uh, the first segment. But uh, you know, Ultraman is kind of in the, the special effects shows we've talked about. You know, so vomit. Silver kind of it. Someone talked about it too. Yeah. But uh, I don't. I, mean, I know of the character. It's, it's a humanoid character. Right. Uh, but like Jet Jaguar. What is? Origin story was. Are you familiar with Ultraman at all? Not really, actually. Me no. neither. <laughs> Sorry, Sylvan. Stop me. But yeah, it looks like. Yeah, it's more science than magic. So you're right. It, it does science, seem energy, science, energy, electrons, turbulence, carbonites, more life than your body has room for. So let's. let's why do you think that is then? Why do you think that the, the, it does tend to rely more on science? Um, well, most of. Well, no, or science. That's actually a really interesting point. Super science. Have you kids been doing super science again? Keep calm and continue testing. Um, I think it's. Well, I can't say it's easier to write because. I mean, magic is almost easier to write because you can. Yeah, the wizard did. You don't have to worry about playing it. Really, that's yeah. the thing. I think you, you know, just know, a wizard did it. Is you know, I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna, sorry. Uh, as all the writers in the world, I mean, I am a very goofy one, but uh, writers don't typically, at least I don't think, they like to write something because Dragoonian got all ranty about it. Like, just the wizard did it. Yay! Like, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. Please, please. Don't make your basis of all writers on things Dragoonian says. No, 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 no. I, that's why I'm saying I'm not wanting to claim anything, but just, like, having a story with no, you know, because science is, science is something, is, is the way we can you know, tie down things in our, in our nature, in our universe. It's, we can provide solid facts of the entire so base of Yeah. So if you just say magic, it's kind of like, oh, it's kind of cheating. You know, it's not really a good story because, you know, that's happened. And I guess because we don't have magic in our regular life, that if it's in a setting like that, it's hard to incorporate that yeah. and to make it believable. Uh, and it's easier to do it with some kind of pseudoscience. But if yeah, the yeah. power is magic, then that's a different story. I think, at least. Uh, there's several superheroes that have magical type powers, right? What's well, there, there's that saying, you know, any sufficiently advanced science is distinguishable from magic, or adversely. Right, which, um, which while well, you know, as a writer, it's a lot thoroughly examined magic is indistinguishable from science. And I think that's where, as a writer, it's a lot easier to go either really far in the past in a fantasy setting, where you know you can just make up stuff and don't have to explain things, or really far in the future where you can explain it with mumbo jumbo, techno mumbo jumbo, and things that oh well, it's so advanced that the you know the average person can't understand it. When you're going with things that are going to be in the present or near future, right. that's when it becomes a lot harder. And also, I Why think... Why are you also not writing in the near past? Also, I think that, um, like, writers for comic books, they're typically... Like, they want their audience to be able to relate. 
two days ago. Um, well, yeah, like your, well, I think your past would be more like back to the 80s. And <laughs> then like that. Things within our lifetimes, uh, at least the most of us here. Two days ago was in our lifetime. Two days ago, the world was nearly destroyed. I think when this con started, the world was nearly destroyed. Um, because that's pretty much what's been going on this entire con. If you can't tell right now, there's uh, there's an apocalyptic battle going on just outside of the uh, hotel premises. Um, please, <laughs> please stand by for uh, the victor. Of Are you sure this is not just Dragonian banging on the side of the hotel trying to be let in? Don't reveal our special effects. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, okay, that is, I think, uh, kind of a lot of the topics that we had kind of laid out. So what we want to do now is we do want to do a kind of an impromptu murder factor, which if you haven't listened to the podcast before, is where we give a shout-out to an artist. Uh, and we want to kind of try to at least incorporate either into the con or into, I guess, you get a special tip since you've never on the show before, so you can. Uh, you can choose you can choose whatever you want. <laughs> but uh, uh, do you have an idea of, of someone you wanted to give a shout-out to? Um, Merv? I was going to say, definitely a great artist that I definitely uh, recommend everyone checking out is uh, Atomist. Um, okay. Atomist. Uh, he I does some really nice micro micro stuff. Uh, he's actually done some stuff like uh, Kinded, whatnot. He has a he's a tiny box character. A really clean, really like clean looking artwork. It's very very polished. Is I think is the best way to describe it. So yeah, check him out. Okay. And that's username Atmos A D A M I S. So A T I M I S T. So, uh, so that's for uh, Atmos for the group of Factor. I have come across Don. So I want to kind of give a shout out to is um, uh, Don Beauty. And the reason I want to do that is because I got a sketch from he's the first one I got a sketch from here at the con. And it ends up it's with. Uh, uh, Fusanoshi, my friend, and, uh, and, uh, what? and, uh, my, my character. Uh, he does not do macro all the time, but he, when he does, it's really good. He's more into muscle stuff, uh, and things like that. And, uh, so I would recommend that you, uh, check him out. He, I know with an artist alley on Friday, uh, Pretty much full up, I believe. Okay. He was so, in the lobby today. He was in the lobby doing something sick, maybe full, but he made me open up a bar. Really? Yeah, I know that. Okay. <laughs> I also did not know that when I, when I did that. Um, so, Gary, do we have a, a Murph Factor coming from you? I don't know if we're doing a Murph Factor in this podcast. <laughs> and even if we are, I'm pointing at the crooks because I know he's in the audience and I want to point at them. <laughs> the thing is, what are you pointing at them with? Why, thank you. <laughs> oh, no, let's know. Um, my turn? Yes, it is your turn. Okay. Um, well, my more factor, since I wasn't allowed to do it on the relationship episode, I hope this is okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and mur over my Fufizilla Skyflyer. She is brand spanking new to FA. Uh, we've been mates for about six months now, and she has been dabbling in macro micro art. Uh, so far, she is fantastic. I recommend uh, looking at her stuff. Uh, she's definitely a lot of fun to work with, um, and she's she's pretty much just getting her name out there. So she's doing like free sketches or five dollars sketches and things. She's doing live streams and stuff too. Um, I recommend the heck out of her, and I'm not trying to be biased because she's my mate. I, I promise you, her art will is good and is going to flourish. So. Okay, so now what we want to do since we have some time here is to open up the floor. We did this at MFF, and that's how it's like you first on the podcast. Yeah. Um, 
to any kind of questions regarding whether it's a topic we talked about, or really, since it is a live and the live podcast and the only chance once every three years, <laughs> once every uh, two months, that you'll get to uh, ask it in this way, uh, to ask us anything about macro macro content if if it's something that you you had from before. Um, so uh, go ahead. Uh, if you have any questions, if you don't have any questions, go ahead and raise your hand or come up to Kenzie and he'll allow the microphone and we will go it that way. Kenzie, thank you. You did it last year, so I'll hear about that too. Anybody? No one? No one? Anybody? Is there anything? Do you have any okay. questions you'd like to ask us? Got right over here. Oh, you have one over here? Okay. Calm down! I guess I should go over here so. I'm going to come back up. I'm Jace Lager, and I just want to ask, uh, when you're talking about uh, weaknesses for uh, micro either superhero or villain, now, over the long game, wouldn't hunger be one? Is there a small factor of limited food supply and a small factor that you're actually taxing the people that are you're supposedly saving? It's like, yeah. well... I saved the village, but I ate up all your food supply for a year. See you tomorrow. That was something I was actually talking about earlier with someone here at the con. Um, I said that I noticed there's a lot of like big fat macros. Macro salad. Macros that are that of a large size, even for themselves. Um, I go for the slim ones, but me too. Me too. Slim ones, but you also do get like some big, like large ones. And I'm like, what do they eat? Well, you would expect to see like more skinny ones. <laughs> and, and so I expect to see fatter uh, micros. Um, well, that all, that kind of. Uh, on the other hand, who's to tell them to die? Uh, that yeah. Who's to tell them to die? Food. That's the thing. And when we a few episodes back, we talked about how civilization would uh, develop with macros and micros if they were a part of civilization, and that was one of the questions that we really had to. To talk about was, you know, would the lack of food affect a macro's ability to, you know, lord over micros or even just exist in the first place? Um, I think that the biggest thing that helps with that is if there have to be a, a very, very small number of macros, uh, whether superheroes or whatever, or, and and so that way they aren't their effects aren't multiplied by the number of macros there are. Uh, now, one of the things that I. No. Yay! Um, I ate it. I'm sorry. Yeah. It tasted good. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Well, that's fine. Uh, my other one is uh, one you were talking about new uh, writing areas, at least something that could be somewhat believable, but not quite. But uh, granted, we no longer have NASA, which is sad. But, well, we have them. They're a shell of the organization they were. Yeah, yeah. 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 So all we have to hope for is that Virgin Airlines figures out how they cost change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do not want Richard Branson captaining my, uh, my uh, starship. Oh, either way. Uh, the idea is also that uh, life on other planets would be developed at a smaller scale. So technically, it could still happen way, 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 way just in the future, but it's possible, at least from a writing standpoint, that. Oh, venturing on a new land. Oh, oh, there. Double, double, yeah, double, 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 
moss-looking bacteria, not bacteria, uh, little tiny microbe creatures. And the crazy thing about them is they can survive near... Yes. Near... I've heard uh, of this. Zero yes, okay. Yes. Yes. They are the ultimate survivors. And they can actually survive in space. Because um, they took these things, let them out in space. In, in the vacuum of space? In the vacuum I don't, space. Yeah, I don't... And, and they brought them back know. in, and they were still able to live and be fine, and... So that's a like almost spring. That's a real world, real life example of what you're. Uh, I mean, you have it. Why can't they do this? I, I swear they have their own like innate cryogenically frozen. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Hello there. Introduce yourself. My name is Moninus. Yeah, my dog, my pie, my pie, whatever. Uh, but yeah, they're able to do that because they expel about like. Almost all other fluids within their bodies, and they basically come into like a husk, and they come in contact with water again, and basically just really. So, so it's hydrated. It's almost like they are so going they're into a hibernation. Pretty much, it's just space spending sake of animation. You want to get really comic, huh. comic book on it. That's interesting because it's like they have they're their own uh, astronauts. Too. And, and, and these are, you said they're just single salt organs, right? Yeah, so, so, is there any way that you think, I mean, this is just, I guess, getting theoretical, but that that kind of thing could expand or could be working in a multi cell organism, or something that's only possible in a single cell? Well, actually, actually, water bears are, they're not a single cell, they're just very, very small. Okay, so they are multi cell organisms. Yes, okay. Yes. Okay. And uh, they are um, made. I only know this because I saw the, um, uh, the most extreme. Uh, survivor episode. Yes, I remember actually watching that. Yes, and I But they've actually found ones that are like, you know, that they believe to be like hundreds of years old and they just reanimated it. And, wow. and they were still alive. Wow. Yeah, and there are also animals that are technically immortal. They don't, they can't die of age. Lobsters being one of them. Lobsters. Lobsters can't die. I mean, they die being. Yeah, they can die like few like spikes. I have yeah, disease yeah. spikes being eaten, but they don't die as like age. Really? No. Jellyfish. Jellyfish. Oh, yeah, so why can't that then apply to kangaroos who never stop growing? And then we just have a you know an army of kangaroos that are two hundred feet tall somewhere in the middle of the outback. Well, if well, I ever called the dog, it does not say two OP. Because then, then, the, then the lobsters and water bears wouldn't have anything to brag about. That's all. Well, that's true. Okay. In the in the fallout nuclear uh, uh, winter in that we end up with the mud crabs and the, the giant uh, crustaceans that take over the world. And you know, I just realized if there was a nuclear apocalypse, Uncle Kage would survive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm gonna go into hiding now. Me too, me too. Oh god. That's probably why he's That's probably why he started fur cons, because he knows that he started the He's gonna start the panel for AC, please. Actually I'm gonna be the one of the podcasts gonna be this. Love you, Kage. Don't don't kill us, please. Love you. Alright, does anyone else have a question, comment, second? Go ahead and come on up. I am really liking all of this right now. Like I don't even think it's half this good. You never not, you never don't like anything. But it's it's giant and it's stompy and it's it's educational. <laughs> <laughs> I love your 
my name is uh, Blazing Cy, or Cy for short. Okay. And I was curious about lairs. Uh, Batman's got his back cage. <laughs> Other places to hide in. So, you guys are the best. I'm sorry. I was wondering where would a macro's lair be? It can't exactly be. On the moon! <laughs> I mean, we really almost have to have a fortress of solitude. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we just ask King Dead? KD, where's your lair? Can we know? Does it have a The point of being of a secret lair is it's supposed to be secret. But, but, but we're his friends. We're going to bring over parties and confetti. So the gets. thing is, there suddenly appears a new skyscraper in the middle of town that no one knows about and no one ever goes in and out. But it's really just a kind of a Telephone booth sized uh, apartment <laughs> for the or layer for the okay. macro that they can just crawl in. They're really cramped, and that's why they, uh, you know, probably end up turning into a villain without being stuck in. Uh-huh. Maybe not. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they want to get out and help solve crime. How's that? That's their motivation. Yeah, you, you have to do like, you have to think where could a macro, like a macro being that large, possibly hide. You could think it's out of skyscraper, you could think underground, you could think somewhere in the ocean. Well, well, the the problem with underground is wouldn't that cause, like, yeah. problems with the Earth's crust? No, I was going to say a uh, place more mystical, Mount Olympus. Wow. Okay, okay, sorry. Is that technically another dimension? No, no, there really is a Mount Olympus in Greece. Okay. I, it oh, okay. But I mean, like, you know what I'm talking about, like, in Wonder Woman and everything, or, like, it's the actual place. Isn't that kind of another dimension? It's getting well, well uh, the forest has her. It's another plane, let's just put it that way. Um, so that's almost where multi-dimensional macros, dimensional shift, yeah. could actually help if you could have someone who could shift between I dimensions. Mean, what are what are modern-day superheroes other than previous-day Greek gods? That's kind of true, yeah. Actually. Well, taking the layer idea though, it would be really easy for a micro to have a kick ass layer. Right. Because yeah. they have so much space. Yeah, they, they, they don't need much materials to build things. You know, that's where micro superheroes really have an advantage. And, and like, if it was the micro and having all the space involved, like, Batman eat your heart out because they could do a whole lot more, I think. Quickly, we must return to the anthill. <laughs> okay, I think, yeah, that was like, okay, we should end the podcast now. That was so no. Okay. <laughs> that was a fantastic question. Thank you very much. Where did you get here, by the way? I have to know. Oh, I got it from, I think, uh, either Teen Turtle or Red just online. Oh, gosh. Oh, please, Teen Turtle. Okay, thanks. Blazing side. Do we have anyone else uh, who has a question, topic? You could walk in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not that professional. Here. I mean, if you guys want to, you can form a line. I mean, if you really yeah, want to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you do have something you want to ask, you Oh, hello. We have no idea who this person is. Why don't you introduce yourself? Zeke. Oh, thanks. Zeke. Um... My question is more so, there's always the problem in which it's, when it comes to a hero, villain, uh, person they care about gets captured, so it's the one against the hundred saving somebody. So, seeing as a macro kind of costs damage saving the city by itself already, do you think that would really play a factor? Would people already expect that to happen? I, I definitely think that would be a 
huge factor that would keep the city from probably wanting to let the macro in in the first place or, or wanting to battle them as much as the villain. Uh, there's a thing they call it. Uh, they call it the Godzilla threshold. Um, <laughs> Who's that? that? That's an awesome TV trope. Okay. okay. Um, uh, they call it the Godzilla threshold, where it's at which point do we have to summon something slightly less destructive to destroy this really destructive thing? You know, at which point do we need to stick uh, Godzilla on this monster? You know, well, it's kind of like the idea that you know you send the snake in to get the mice, then you got to send the you know the mongoose in to get the snake, and then where do you send to get the mongoose? And eventually, you end yeah. up at Godzilla. So pretty much the whole enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. I, I think yeah. so, yeah. We are going really deep in the whole thing. Because the question is, do we want to destroy most of the city or all of it? Yeah. And that just made me think uh, back to Superman. Like, he has the ability to destroy the planet. The reason why he does it is because he cares about everything. And then there's the episode where Doomsday basically ends up killing everybody. It's like, Fla! and then Superman's like, well, I don't have to hold back anymore. And well, he destroys Doomsday in like two minutes and then. Well, so, and also, I mean, in, I think in, I think it's Batman, but isn't there been several cases where Batman has cost several hundred thousand dollars, if not millions of dollars worth of property damage? I mean, it's because he's stopping uh, the Joker, and the Joker's got bombs. But, but no, so even, even independent of whatever the villain does, the things, and I, I may be completely messed up with uh-huh. this, but I for some reason have that in my mind, that there are, that, that is some of the reasons why... Because of shiny toys and... You know, so so it's somewhat not How much damage has the Power Rangers done to Angel Grove City compared to what the monsters done to Angel Grove City, you know? I don't know how much. They always destroy at least 12 skyscrapers in their battle. You know, and they're, they're, not even, they're not even macros. Wait, wait, wait. Giant robots. Yeah. Zeke just brought up an interesting point. So that man is so filthy rich. Uh, he's true. Like, if he blows something up, who does he care? Here, here's the bill for it. Man. But it's Bruce Wayne paying the bill. Well, I don't know. Bruce Wayne's Wayne kind of the ambassador for Bruce Wayne's is a great, great philanthropist, and then this right. Batman, the guy who's throwing the city. And if you think about it, that's kind of the first thing that we know from Batman because you know, Batman destroys all the people. Do people like him? Get away punches. Does he know his secretary's birthday? Alright. Do we have anything next year? My name is Rakella, and y'all were talking about uh, earlier, sort of, among other things. Like magic using up macros. I just wanted to say that there's an author on FA called Quest Labrigar who's writing a story named Shock and Rock about two macro superheroes. And the tide, the, the tip, the one rock in the title, he basically was chosen from his tribe back in prehistoric times by their god to protect the land. Mm-hmm. And so not only are they able to hollow out a mountain for their apartment, they don't have any alter egos because you know, they're basically full-time superheroes. But his magical powers prevent any of the little guys from getting hurt when they're being tossed around. I like that song. Yeah, so I, I, was, I was just going to say, it's, uh, I guess part of the reason that people don't really use magic is that it adds a bit of a convenient help. And everybody deep down inside wants to see the, the horror and the tragedy. And, yeah. that, doesn't, that sure doesn't stop the buildings from getting blown to smithereens. Is that exactly yeah. what, Okay. High five. But uh, one of the things, all of it. You know, I'm currently in the middle of writing a, a novel with, uh, 
you know, in a fantasy setting that has magic as its elements. And one of the things I've found is that personally, at least, I tend, I have to kind of at least set some rules for my magic. I kind of, I kind of work with the mindset that magic is really just science for the people, for the magicians who practice it. They view it as a scientist with science, or a, an engineer with engineering. Uh, even if I can't necessarily explain all of its elements, they at least need to know the rules and need to work with them. Uh, otherwise, it becomes very a much more convenient out. It, it's kind of cool to have the knowledge of something and you can impress people. I mean, you're not trying to be like, I know something you don't want. Uh-huh. Like, it, like getting the whole fascination aspect. I mean, I think that's what makes comics in a certain way great. Like Iron Man. Like, how can you possibly explain all of the technological advancements that Tony Tony Stark has? But you, you look at you like, yeah. Readers eyes will blaze over and they'll stop thinking. Exactly. Yeah. But see, it's still an awe-inspiring factor because you know it works. You know it's there. You know there's science behind it. You just don't give a crap. You like the way it looks, and okay, it, it works for me. Great, let's read more. And, so, and just like the flash, not the substance. Right. <laughs> just in order to you like you like the actual shiny, not the coating. And just in order to piss off Dragonian as much as possible, this is exactly why Star Trek Voyager is a bad series because they just try to explain everything uh, with the mumbo jumbo and all that stuff. And not, not even go into any kind of real science of science fiction. I mean, if all of us were scientists, if all of us knew all of the things. That you know the, the technological advance he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. I mean, different hard science fiction versus soft. Yeah, but if you're going to do soft, but yeah, you don't even want to do the whole techno speed. Just, just. And so you want to become a documentary science. Science. Stop. Okay, sorry. There you go. Hi, I'm from it. From it. Okay. Uh, I kind of walked in halfway in on the podcast, but I wanted to ask about micro supervillains. Okay. Get a lot done simply because they're so tiny. Case in point, this is a tummy cheek example. Plankton. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He tries so hard. I, right. He's focusing on like inconsequential stuff like the Krabby Patty Seeker formula instead of. You know, take a little domination. With a micro villain, you've got a built in motive right there. Yes. Exactly. Yes, and the sense we do with like, the whole psychology thing with the jealousy aspect, they're instantly, like, I want to take over the world because they don't want to be important. Well, Clayton, one of my favorite things about him, <laughs> like, it's just, it, it, it's the whole tongue in cheek giggle factor because he's a super villain, right? He went to college and everything. <laughs> but he just, he gets to the point where he'll get so far to plan. They were like, I got you now, Krabs. Do this or else. And then Krabs like, or what? I don't know. Well, I never thought I'd get this far. <laughs> and, and, and the same thing is kind of true if you think of like Brain in the Brain. Yes. yes. So even, though, even though he's the protagonist, he's really a villain. Brainzilla. Brainzilla. And Brainzilla. Yeah, and a lot of that is because of the diminutive nature of yeah, his. I think so, Brain. Now I just want to go and watch the Tokyo Bros episode, yeah. uh, or mini second ago. Welcome to Tokyo Joe. I'm Professor K. Jokes out of radio! Yes, you are. Yay! He said Tokyo, and I thought of Tokyo Toe. Which made me think of Professor K and Jets out radio. Were you even alive in the Dreamcast for the game? With the- I-, I was. I was seven, eight years old, roughly. I never had one. I own one. No, I don't. Nico has it. I don't have a good guess. We can go play. We can go to my apartment and, and play. Okay. Now, let's go ahead and go to the next question. I saw that. Ooh, back to the wall. 
That's pretty much. That's uh, fine. Yeah, if anyone has already asked a question, they want to ask, uh, but we still have uh, a significant amount of time here. So, okay, so, uh, so in the world of uh, macros and micros, what would it be like if a macro had a micro sidekick or a micro had a macro sidekick? Interesting. Would the with a micro just uh, sit in the macro's ear or something? <laughs> there's actually okay. There's actually a cartoon about that with the hero and a villain or a hero, hero and a sidekick necessarily, but there's like. I don't even know what it's called, but there's like a crocodile who was taking care of a mouse, and the mouse would go up inside of his ears and just hang out there. Crocodiles have ears? Yeah, it's sort of like something like that. It's a head hole. It's called the hard lock duck, I think. What was it? Yeah, I think it's called the hard lock duck. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Was it, it was, okay, yeah. You know, one guy to be the brain, one guy to be the muscle. But what if it was the other way around where the micro, like, and you said it both ways, and the micro was the superhero, and the macro was the. Like, it's the big, blubbering macro. Which way did the job not say? And the micro did such a great job of saving the day, but then the mag decided. I would have gotten away with it too. Well, that's the way a bumping micro sidekick. But the sidekick does all of the damage, and, yes. and, and that's where the really disconnect comes in from from the city and, or whatever. Hate the sidekick. I think it'd be really interesting if, like, you know, Pinky in the Brain mindset, where the, the micro is doing all of the planning, and he's like, he's going to be want to execute it, and then the macro takes his thunder and his glory right at the last minute because he's just so huge. <laughs> also, we have to Sidekick and hero. I think like a macro's uh, worst uh, villain, uh, villain arch enemy, would always be a anthro cart member of your wave. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I do know who. The The stealer of socks, Fuzzy Paul. <laughs> Wait, he's in the room. It would be. It would be. Before you came in, now you just must come to. We are currently plotting against you. We're creating all kinds of arch nemesis for you to fight. For you to fight. That, that actually does remind me. I do remember. I think it was in the past few days. King Dead tweeting about uh, needing to create more. Right. What about, what about, well, yes. what about, what about a villain that has a ray that shrinks paws specifically? No, 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 Terrible. Um, but it, it's that actually, would, would not be open it's actually something else that was brought up. A lot of, uh, superhero villains, a lot of supervillains are actually made by the superhero. Yes, the whole yeah. Batman simplex or yes. syndrome. Because Joker right. and Batman. Yeah, and, and yeah. not a version of the Batman. Yeah, but just that is a really interesting concept because the mere existence of a superhero begs a supervillain in some sense, so and in some ways, in the other direction too. So there, yeah. there, there yeah. therefore, you could have like the supervillain be some sort of Megazella trying to take down this vigilante macro justice. I'm glad you this town deserves. Got to only think you'd end up with a uh, super villain that would be really flat because the guy stomped on. <laughs> oh gosh! But what if it just then like pops back up? What if, it's, what, what if it was a super? What, what, if, what if he was a porcupine? Court in madness. The back of the back was natural. This feels like robotic. Step on out. What if what if it was a micro that was so cunning and ingenious? That he could create a way that maybe some device or some sort of something like he could some sort of something. Some sort of the wizard did it. Uh, basically, he was able to get the the macro on his own playing field. Like basically, either shrink him down or inhibit him in such a way. Yeah, like the ray gun is a cliche statement, but like Saints Row Four again. What about a virtual reality? Traps him in there, or yeah. you know what have you? Like even magic, yeah, a potion. I don't know. So, thanks. So, 
Next question coming in from Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a problem. You can do it. It's not important. Question that I had, and this is just kind of a one answer from each of you, I suppose, just because I could go on forever. Okay. Uh, when it comes to superheroes, or rather superheroes that deal with villains, say on a weekly basis, like all Saturday morning cartoons, um, how would a city, what inventions would a city have to make its infrastructure still work and still uh, have that work for the giant as well, so for their hero? So you're saying kind of like how San Francisco has adapted to have earthquake or resistant buildings. Yes. You know, what kind of infrastructure would a city with macro micro superheroes, or heroes, I guess more macro superheroes, need to implement? Right. I, this is a question that kind of came up after looking at a lot of concept art from Weta Workshop when they were considering the Evangelion movie. Well, that's actually what I was just about to say. I was going to say, I imagine it'd be like you know, the, the Evangelion thing where like all the buildings would go down and move around and basically be out of the way of damage for uh, any kind of attack from something, from either the from either the angels coming down or the heroes trying to stop the angels. You know, for a Pacific Rim where they just build the giant wall. So that was the thing. Well, that's so much good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Let's go millions of dollars That's all I got to do. Um, uh, but there's also, I think uh, when Elbert was on the podcast, he mentioned the kind of self- uh, self-preparing concrete. Uh, I don't know if he was a person Yes, know. and like writing, I think that would work, but I think we actually debunked it, or he at least debunked it, saying that there was no way that a macro would be able to completely do it over and over again because yeah. it would just... Well, no, if you think about it, what about regular couch would do that? Would there be, maybe the presence of macros would... Uh, cause society to develop a stronger material? Yes, so, more like on the Do you remember... Um, that comic, uh, Free Lunch, that King yes, yes. where uh, you know King Giant uh, became a god and then created a world that was self-healing. Interesting. So therefore, any kind of damage that was done to it, you know, by anyone of any size, which is and then well, somebody got a weekly amount of hours that they got to take vacation. <laughs> I almost think though, and everyone gets a puppy. Yay, puppy! From by the way, as a writer who. That, that almost just removes consequences from anything. Yeah, and, right. and it became it becomes a much less interesting place to write about. Right. Um, in a perfect world, I mean, I know a personal example with Dayton, since I have a local residing macro there. Uh, there's a whole and bunch eco, of. Eco would. Oh, yeah, she yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, she had to keep me in line for a while. Yeah. Um, but since that's my stomping grounds, I go to school every day, I go to work every day. I mean, there's all kinds of repairs that need done. What happens is, I actually, when I'm able to, I volunteer. Like, the macro helps repair things. Uh, I have a piece of art that shows that. I think if the macro could give back, like, if there was any downtime from, you know, say, the Pearl, I mean, King Dad's a pretty busy guy. I don't know if there's ever any downtime, but if there's downtime, it can help rebuild. There so. was another thing that, uh, there was an anime called uh, Hero Man made by Stan Lee, uh, which is weird because Stan Lee's in the anime. But either way, after the attack, um, what he would do is they would go around at night and repair everything. So, like, the construction workers that were working on repairing the buildings, they're like, I don't know, I showed up and the building was already rebuilt. I don't know how this happened. 
because they were doing vigilante repair works. It, it just made me think of Incredibles when uh, when uh, Frozone and Mr. Incredible when they're still like hiding from the law, they go and do like vigilante stuff while with ski masks on and they look like burglars and they're not. Anyway. Yeah. So and the next uh, questionnaire. Sorry, my, uh, my name is Bluey. Hi, Bluey. Hi. I have it on my Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, this is, uh, I actually had this idea a while back for, I have a, a macro crew of my own named Mega Dragon. Okay. And I had an idea for a nemesis of him named Nano Dragon, who was basically him but really tiny oh, and on. evil. <laughs> Uh, so, but what I did was actually so it's a macro kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I took it actually in a really weird uh, way. Uh, Nano Dragon is actually like really, really horrifying. Like he's actually like he talks in a whispery voice, and he's just really awful. And like when they're when they're fighting, uh, Nano Dragon is like he gets breathed up by Mega Dragon, and so he's well, he's like in there. He's like he sure do need a lot of oxygen. Just you know, does a lot of horrible things, but but anyway, actually, to stop writing, I said, freak myself out. But, oh. uh, anyway, <laughs> I guess that's a sign. That, 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 okay, that, that brings the alternate ego to a whole new level, and we didn't even really talk about what would happen if a superhero somehow through some the process. The comic book cliche of the evil. Yes. I mean, it's general style exactly. is what we're. Yes. yes. You know. But like you know, as cliche as it is, I mean, every superhero that you know has gotten a whole bunch of. Uh, books or things written about him that's had at least one instance where they have an evil side that just either comes out free via clone or comes out somewhere, somewhere, somehow. Parallel universe. Yeah. The Justice Force. Injustice? The whole game of Injustice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, but, that's really but, awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. But uh, really, I, uh, I was wondering, like, I know that we always have micro supervillains as kind of like a, a tongue-in-cheek sort of satirical thing. Yes. But is it possible to have a micro superhero villain who's actually pretty terrifying and very effective? So here's an idea I have. That because of when you talked about yours, and it was like, we also have someone else to um, But you said Nano Dragon. That made me think of Nano Bots. And what if you had a villain who is almost like a high mind villain that controls the Borg? The Borg. Well, a, a uh, conscious gray group, but one that actually could still communicate and wasn't just a series of... There's, there's strength in numbers, so if the micro had like a whole hive mindset thing. Yeah, so, so kind of like the Borg Queen, you know, controlling the Borg, whatever, but also in a uh, much more micro sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but still having that conscious mind that they're able to... We never even talked about just real fast. We never even talked about Transformers, but you made you said yeah, that. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Okay. Anyway, anyway, um, but like just the whole idea of a micro villain actually being the most malevolent creature that it possibly exists, and everybody is terrified of him. He's walking down the streets at one one tenth of a mile an hour, and he's just just everyone's running away. The way Fuzzy Ball jumped up when you were talking about what could you know that. A micro terrifying microwave villain. Here's a here's a micro for you. Here's a total micro. Hey, fuzzy. Um, yeah, for a micro villain, uh, a proper mastermind type, 
who delegates, who acts like a mafia boss or evil CEO or something, people don't even necessarily ever have to see his face or know that he is a hacker if they do. Uh, it interacts, delegates via phone, via computer, uh, via other minions, uh, has a network. Well, like, as a proper mastermind, like no one ever has to know that he's a micro. His micro, micro small size never has to become relevant. And when he does, most of the time, robots are talking about the labs who make actual realistic robots. Right. Mm -hmm. And also, it'd be like, um, like if he did ever show his face, it'd be to the point where it was so blown up so he looks like he's huge. And that's really where, I don't know if you guys ever played the Mass Effect uh, DLC layer of the Shadow Broker, uh, where you go into the Shadow Broker's layer and actually meet this guy who is kind of that character that you're talking about where he controls all these agents and no one ever sees him. It was really disappointing to me to see that it was actually a big, you know, angry monster that you had to shoot a little bit time because that's what that game was trying to do. That game started on that such a game. But, uh, it would be much more you know, interesting from a plot point of view right. to uh, realize that it was a tiny person, you know, a small, uh, you know, different than you expect to control this mastermind criminal uh, organization. Well, that, that's something too. I mean, just not even having superpowers, a person can still be a terrifying force of evil. Right. Um, just in how they do it, and not even being like secret about it. Joker. Uh, no, I'm not going to say Joker. Uh, Joker can still be like and whatever. Yeah. Um, oh. The uh, and also Joker, kind of genius, some of the stuff though. But uh, Lex Luthor. Lex but he has a suit. <laughs> yeah, but it's more, it's more of an ingenuity. I mean, he, yeah. he, you know. yeah. he just stands around and does business things. That's how he evil. Speaking of which, uh, you said stands around and does business things real fast. What would a macro micro superhero like Clark Kent works at the Daily Planet? Uh, Spider Man works for the Daily Bugle, right? He's going to be a yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 What would a macro micro superhero's job be? How about a taxi? Sprinkles the paper. Sprinkles the paper. Problem with that is it no. Can you get some paper? Okay. We have a question. You also have a question standing up. Okay. So we only have about ten minutes left. So I want to go ahead and get your question, and then we'll get your question as the last one. I said twenty eight years for him. Right into the podcast. You can do it. Well, this is my first time learning about the podcast, but I'll definitely keep in touch. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, when it comes to a superhero or supervillain's gear, uh, costume, and all that stuff, where would a macro or micro get to gear and you know, get the, uh, all the stuff they need to make their costume? Even the suits. All the warehouse. Who says they have to? Well, let's, 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 let's say the thing. I kind of went to the darker stories, you know, like, you know, like uh, the hero gets impaled by a sword or something like that. What, a big macro gets impaled by a giant sword, what is going to, you know, put them back together again? What's gonna, who's going to sew that, sew that, cut their costume? You have again? no idea how much you just broke my brain. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, I mean... Not a hard thing to do, ladies and gentlemen. That's assuming the citizens are not friendly to this giant protector. You know, the citizens could also right. be right. all helpful, you know, right. be totally willing to heal this guy and make it possible just to answer his question, like compromise and seal uh, on the fire. Yeah, like, like you know, what can they make a fire? 
Can I have a truth? Like, as a macro, if you were a hero in that sense, and, like, we could truthfully, again, King Dead, you have to be here, because we can ask you, uh, but if you have wounds, like, that's perfectly right. Like, you would have to have, like, bare grill survival skills, I guess. That rhymed. Oh my gosh. Um, like, you would need to be able to pad yourself up, like, back in your lair or whatever. You kind of would be solitary in a sense. You kind of have to manage all aspects of your... Can you imagine how hard that would be? Like, I want to give King Dead the biggest hug now. Oh my gosh. Thanks for saving our planet, yo. Hey. One more, and this show will be our last question because we do have some camera coming up after this. I kind of came in a little late, I don't know if you touched on this, but if you have the scenario where there's macro and micro, one is the hero and one is the villain, which way do you think would be the most difficult for the hero? Whereas if it's a micro versus a macro, uh, you do have someone entirely humongous against you, you probably have to like think at the very way, or every which way. Uh, whereas if it's a macro versus a micro, the micro just has to go, well, you flew on my plans, but where am I? And the macro's just like, yeah, gosh dang it. The macro had a much difficult task in just finding in the middle of the And if it's the hero that's the macro, you would be like, I can't just destroy the city trying to find them. Right, right. I care about it. And that, ugh, that a barrier is genius. And if the micro has technology or, you know, other mystical powers or whatever on its side, if there's any way like the micro Yes, because we actually mentioned in an episode, uh, it was ironic that some of the smallest creatures on our planet are actually the things that make us the most sick and kill. It's, it's fatal because, I mean, viruses and germs. Like, if you're able to get down to that size, there's probably tons of cartoons about that. Let's and go. the biggest creatures on our planet, I don't think, I, I've never heard of anyone getting killed by a blue whale. Thank you. Mm, nope. <laughs> Alright, so that is going to bring an end to our question and answer round. And uh, that also means it's going to be our time to go ahead and wind yep. down the podcast, the slideshow. Thank you. Uh, no, I do want to say uh, for those of you who have, this is your first exposure to Size Matters, uh, you can catch us in iTunes, uh, search for Size Matters in the uh, iTunes podcast section. Uh, you can also find us if you don't, if you're one of those people who hate Apple, which, you know, whatever. Uh, then you can find us at sizematterspodcast.com uh, and you can either download from directly from the site or just listen to the site for streaming. Uh, if you do have questions, and for those of you who are listening either in the audience or uh, online whenever this actually gets posted, then uh, you can email us in. We'll read them on the next. We have our half episodes in between the main episodes, so we'll have kind of a half episode that's just kind of a, a clean-up type episode. Uh, and that email address is sizematterspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we can read most emails get sent in, if not all, all the appropriate ones. So, yeah, uh, you know, if, if you like what you did, that's fine. If you have suggestions, we'll write for that as well. Thank you very much for attending, and it looks like we can see you out again. I just want to say, we can't do this without you guys. It's proof that you guys just, you had all the questions we needed, so thank you. Keep calling us up, Well, wait, wait, I do want to thank our special guest, uh, DJ Kid, for being with us here, and for agreeing at, I'll, I'll tell you the last minute, um, not literally, but pretty close. Hey guys, and thanks for our villain, Dragonian, uh, Chef Jordan, for help with that as well, and thank you all for attending, you guys have a great rest of the con. Good night, and big cons.